Hello and welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. A million and a half Filipinos could fall into poverty because of the pandemic. Dr. Jose Ramon Albert, a senior research fellow at the Philippine Institute for Development Studies, ran simulations and scenarios in a study he co-authored. In this study, a million and a half Filipinos creating a new kind of poor because of COVID-19 is neither the best nor worst case scenario. It's the average case, where income declines by 10%. In this episode, Mr. Albert tells Business World reporter Beatrice Laforga how he and his co-authors arrived at that number. He also explains how the government's emergency subsidy programs minimize the pandemic's impact on poverty. Without financial aid, he says, 5.5 million Filipinos could have been pushed into poverty. Would you briefly tell us how does the new poor or those that fell into poverty during the pandemic differ from the usual profile of poor Filipinos in the past? And which segments is more likely distressed? Let me just explain first how the poor are estimated in the Philippines. There is a survey called the Family Income and Expenditure Survey conducted by the Philippine Statistics Authority every three years. So they ask how much we spend and how much we earn from our activities. And this year, we do not have this survey. However, what we did for our estimation is we simulated with the data from 2018. So two years ago, we started to think maybe because we know that the pandemic has reduced our economic activities, what would happen if 5% incomes were reduced everywhere for all families? Uh, how about 10% or 20%? Our middle scenario of 10% is what you referred to earlier of 1.5 million Filipinos going into poverty. But when we did that, we also said, okay, what if everybody's incomes go down. But the second thing is we also know that government gave assistance to Filipinos, the so-called ayuda. And because there was this help given to Filipinos, we know that there would be a counter effect. So even if incomes would reduce, somehow you get a little bit extra support. Our estimates of the 1.5 million extra Filipinos who will fall into poverty comes from a scenario of 10% incomes being reduced for all families, which is, of course, a very unrealistic scenario too because we know that the impact to each family is probably very different. But because we don't have anything to work with, that's why we simulated. Now, the new poor that you referred to, those who will fall into poverty, are the people who are usually in what's known as the low income but not poor, And typically, those families have incomes around 10 to 20,000 for a family of five. Now, the profile of the poor families and the low-income families are pretty much similar in the sense that they also have uh, very unstable kinds of work. These are the ones that we consider are likely going to be impacted upon. So they will fall into poverty, but their incomes prior to COVID were above 10,000 pesos per month. But because of COVID, and even if we had the ayuda, their incomes would be lower now than the 10,000 for a family of five. Thank you so much for that. Uh, just to follow up on my question earlier, since we have different types of poor, which segment do you think will be likely more affected now? 
because of the reduced economic activities resulted by when government decided to lock down, we know that the very poor are those subsistence poor whose incomes are even less than 7,000 pesos for a family of five. These kinds of people get the brunt of the problem partly because they already have very little and if you have even less because of restrictions on movements, so they get to suffer more. Following the release of SAP that acted as a safety net during ECQ to keep the families afloat, do you think the government has done enough to mitigate the rise in poverty rate? This crisis is the first of its kind in so many years. Our government has opted to initially release wage subsidies and also social amelioration program, partly because as people are locked down, they need to spend, they need to be able to at least feed themselves. And if they don't have incomes, then they will be put into a worse crisis. Now, the question, however, is was it enough? Well, some people will certainly say it wasn't enough, but in fairness, government can only do what it can, which is based on the resources that it currently has, what could it deliver to those in most need? Everybody needs some kind of assistance because the pandemic is affecting everyone. It's affecting not just people, it's affecting businesses. And so this is why for next year and subsequent years, I think government is trying to make sure that we are able to recover. So part of the recovery plan entails support for businesses and also ensuring that we have to promote the things that we should be have been promoting even before all of this happened. Part of it is ensuring that we have infrastructure support, including developing the ICT infrastructures needed to transform us better into a more digital economy. Now that we are in a recession, do you think it will be more challenging to lift the new poor out of poverty once the crisis subsides? On the short term, it will be very challenging indeed because some businesses are starting to retrofit, laying off some people, and at the same time recognizing that because they manage so far with less people, so they probably will continue having less people. However, on the longer term, many think that there will probably be a way to recover faster. But the most critical thing for government to do is we promote a proper environment for businesses' activities to flourish. We have been doing that over the past several decades. In fact, the economy has been growing very fast prior to COVID, except that now we have been put into crisis. But the question of whether we are able to move forward better and build better and also recover faster will also depend critically on the state of our ICT infrastructure that will enable us to make use of all of these digital platforms easier for us to create new markets, to create more activities. For instance, right now, those who have lost their jobs, we know they are starting to have other kinds of economic activities, for instance, selling things online. So, of course, this is not true for everyone. There are still a lot of people who are not connected to cyberspace. And so this is the bigger challenge for government to try to make sure that it puts its investments not just in people, but in the right kinds of infrastructure. Some of the government's programs to alleviate poverty is through conditional cash transfer programs like 4Ps and just recently the social amelioration program. However, the distribution of SAP was rather slow due to lack of solid database and manual cash delivery system. Do you think 
Improving the database of implementing agencies and their capacity to deliver the cash handouts will also help in poverty reduction. The conditional cash transfer program that was implemented by government have always been delivered not through digital means. There have been some receiving it digitally, but across the country, we have not been using a lot of e-money. And this has been an issue. So it's not really the database itself that needs cleaning, but making sure that we are able to make people use technology a little bit more. In the past, those people receiving cash transfers would still have to line up in banks or even those uh, elderly who are receiving some kind of uh, cash transfers as well. These kinds of cash transfers also from DSWD were being given directly to the beneficiaries, but not through digital means. And I think this is where we need to ensure that project beneficiaries should use more of their cell phones. We have not yet utilized digital money as much as we could have done even before the COVID. So even government has not been advocating as much the use of all of these digital solutions. So I think this is where it will be important for not just DSWD, but the entire government to actually advocate that we start making use more of digital money. Could you tell us why is poverty reduction important for an emerging economy like the Philippines? Development actually has its core that is really about poverty reduction, not just in emerging economies, but across the world. This is the reason why the entire world has committed to what's known as the Sustainable Development Goals. But within the Philippines, poverty reduction has also been mainstreamed across many of our plans, not just medium-term plans, but also our long-term plans long-term aspirations for us to become a middle-income economy where no one is poor. Can you imagine now that we keep saying, let us wash our hands, let us use masks, but for many of the people who are poor, safe water is not available. Safe sanitation is not available. So this is the struggle now that even as we keep on asking people to continue having social distancing, the reality is for many of our brothers and sisters, they do not have the means of actually to protect themselves better for them to be able to have less risks from the pandemic. And after the pandemic is over, which we don't exactly even know when that will happen, again, it will still be important that we recognize that the poor should be at the heart of our development agenda. It will be important for us to keep growing as an economy, but we'll also need to identify who are the people who are not perhaps getting the same kinds of benefits as others and how can we make sure that they are able to reap more of these dividends of growth from uh, prosperity that the country is achieving. It would be far better that everybody reaps all of the dividends of our economic prosperity. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Dr. Jose Ramon Albert, a senior research fellow at the Philippine Institute for Development Studies, talking with Business World reporter Beatrice Laforga. A few takeaways from their conversation. Mr. Albert says that economic recovery depends on the government's ability to promote the proper environment for businesses to flourish. It also depends on the state of our information and communications technology infrastructure. 
Online access, he says, will allow Filipinos to maximize digital platforms and create new markets. Mr. Albert also spoke about the pandemic and how it has highlighted the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Philippines. For poor Filipinos, running water might be a luxury and washing their hands a not-so-easy task. The same goes for social distancing. And that is why, he says, that poverty reduction should be at the heart of the country's development agenda. This episode was recorded remotely on September 1. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay sane.